art saved my life. As a child, I couldn't talk about my abuse. I internalized all of that, and it was only through art that I released. I was taken in all the chaos and all the noise. Art helped me make sense of all the confusion that was going on in my life. And I realized that I had to grant children around the world the same opportunity. Are you ready? <laughs> you got this, girl. Love Girls, the podcast is all about storytelling and empowerment. Our mission is to share a space for women and girls to talk about the stuff that matters to them most. Love speaks to the support we give each other as we search for our own path to success. L, we can lead the way. O, overcome barriers. V, value each other. E, and empower each other. That's love. Because every girl has a story. And our stories matter. Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Love Girls the Podcast. My name is Bree and I'm 14 years old and I'm a student at Assumption High School in Davenport, Iowa. This is Delasia. I'm 15 and a student at Central High School. Hi, I'm Ryan Martinez and I'm a junior at Upper Iowa University. So before we get into the topic of today, we have a few icebreakers to just get us going. And the first one is, what's a song that inspires you? I was going to say Umi Says by Most Deaf, um, which is not a very popular song, but it's a song that talks about uh, Most Deaf is saying, my Umi always said, shine your light on the world, shine your light on the world for me. And I just remember hearing that when I was in college, I think, and I was like, oh, I love this song. It's just about someone you know being told that you can be anything you want to be and just go ahead and shine your light um so that's definitely one of mine that's awesome okay so our next question is who is our favorite celebrity right now i'll go first my favorite celebrity has to be harry styles that'll be my ride or die till i die Let's see, I really like Liza Koshy because she just has um, a lot of energy and she's super free with who she is. And I think um, if I could be like that, that would be like my highest self, I think, if I could reach that energy. Yeah, um, I know Will Smith has had a bad rap lately. (laughs) But um, I follow him on Instagram, and I just really believe, um, really stand behind the things that he talks about, which is all about being a good person and, you know, taking care of yourself so you can take care of others. So I don't know if he's my favorite per se, but I'm going to say I'm going to throw Will Smith in. So this last question kind of dives into what we're going to talk about today, and it's what is our favorite part of the arts? So for me, since I'm like an art student, I really like art and it's something that has been like a family talent for me. So I think probably art would be my choice for that. I think for me, um, I've been dancing since I was three, so that's like a huge part of my life. So I'd say my favorite part is dance and what comes with it, because it's really there's, it's so like different so I think you can 
I don't know. It's very diverse and you can learn a lot of things from it. So that would have to be my favorite. As an educator, I've been looking into how impactful the arts are and how it can improve a student's test scores, their emotions, um, their behaviors in class. And so today we had our holiday party in my classroom and we all made ornaments from crafts and we listened to different musics and we just really in, indulged in all of our senses and just took the time to really just be mindful with themselves and learning more and more about how arts impacts students um, just makes inspires me as an educator to bring them more into my classroom. I love that. For me, I think there's so much, so much that I love about the arts, but one of the first thing that came to my mind today is how art is a vehicle for people, regardless of age, for them to express themselves in a way that maybe they cannot do verbally. Um, so you have like really shy people being amazing dancers and um, things like that. That's a perfect segue. First, I would love to introduce Jeannie Lobato. She is the founder and CEO of Draw Change, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering children from lower socioeconomic circumstances through an art therapy-based programs. As a first-generation American living in the inner city of Jersey City, New Jersey, art was Lobato's outlet during her formative years, a way to cope with life stresses and turmoil. Welcome, Jeannie Lobato. Thank you. Very happy to be here. The L'Oreal Woman of Worth is an extravagant event sponsored by L'Oreal Paris. Love Girls Magazine has been fortunate enough to be a beneficiary where our founder, Jasmine Babers, was named a 2022 honoree. The honorees received a $20,000 grant and a celebration in L.A. complete with celebrities including Camilla Cabello, Helen Mirren, and the recording artist Her. And to kick things off, I'm thrilled to introduce singer, songwriter, and L'Oreal Paris ambassador Her. 22 L'Oreal Paris Women of Worth are working to break down barriers and close the equity gaps impacting America's most vulnerable communities. They are committed to mending the mental health epidemic affecting our post-pandemic world. They are women looking to the future, devoting their time to ending childhood and generational trauma. Jeannie, when looking back 10 years from now, what do you think you remember most about being a L'Oreal Woman of Worth? I think what I will remember most is actually feeling my worth. You know, I, I've been, I started this nonprofit 15 years ago, and I never realized that I, I never took time to acknowledge everything that I've done until um, this whole process with L'Oreal Paris and Women of Worth. So I think that is what's going to stick with me most is because I feel like this process has changed me intrinsically uh, in a lot of different ways. And it's honestly all due to this whole experience. That's insane to think about for 15 years, you've dedicated your life, but I applaud you. Um, I've only worked with Lord love girls for eight years and I get excited thinking about when I hit 15 years. So I really do applaud you for your work. Thank you. I appreciate it. And just starting at the beginning, can you tell us like about your background and what your experience during childhood was, which led you to create the nonprofit? 
Yeah. Um, so I was sexually abused from the age of 10 through 17. And it was really only through art that I was able to process everything that was going on in my life throughout those years. Um, I didn't, I couldn't verbally express what was going on. And I always went to art. Uh, and that is how I say art saved my life. And I, I really mean it. I stand behind that sentiment because art is somewhere that always, some, something that always gave me solace and helped me make sense of all the confusion things that I had going on in my life through all of those formative years. Do you still have, like, the art from that time of your life? I do have quite a bit of it. Yeah, I do have quite a bit of it because I always wanted to be an artist when I grew up. So I always um, had the vision of going to art school, which I wound up doing, um, and continuing my career in art, which obviously I wound up doing. So, yeah, I do, I do. I kept a lot of it. Wow. Do you think that it helps you, or do you think it reminds you of bad things, or it just helps you move forward? When I see art from that time period? Yeah. Um, definitely move forward. Like, when I see my art from that time period, I see the positivity that it brought to me while I was sitting there creating it. Um, whether I remember that moment or not. But yeah, I see it as just a beautiful outlet. Not, um, I'm not reminded of the trauma that I went through at all. It's amazing how like art can show, how it can express your feelings when you can't express them verbally, like you said. So I think that was amazing that you outletted yourself through art instead of keeping everything in. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a healthy way to cope with it. Yeah. So we want to know how did Draw Change get started and how was it funded? How it got started was I was working in corporate America. I always wanted to be an artist when I grew up. I wound up going to art, uh, art college and I was working in corporate America in an advertising agency, essentially behind a computer. And I realized that I wasn't I had lost some passion for what I was doing and I wasn't passionate about my work anymore. So I started to think about what my passions in life were and still are, and they are art, children, and helping people. So I combined those three and I was like, "Uh Oh, this is a nonprofit organization. Um, but I jumped, I, I didn't, I, I, I want, I was going to say that I jumped feet first, but I didn't. I, um, methodically really, really thought about it and sat with it. And it honestly wasn't until four years later that Draw Change was launched. Uh, but that's how it got started. And um, my very first program was in Costa Rica, um, simply because I always wanted to get arts back in the school system here in Atlanta. But um, that did not happen just because of so much red tape. So I had a contact at a school in Costa Rica, and that's how our first program started. And that program, after 14 years, is still running, still going strong. So that's amazing. Um, and how are we funded? We are funded by a diverse pool of venues. Um, we have a sustaining membership program where donors dedicate um, pledge to donate a fixed amount every month. So that really helps us because then we could budget for the year. 
um, and they donate um, from $25 a month and up. Um, we're also funded by corporate donations. L'Oreal Paris was one of them this year for the Women of Worth Honorary um, Award. Uh, and we're funded. We are always writing grants. Matter of fact, I just finished writing one right now. <laughs> And um, individual solicitations, which is people who donate just one time, but I feel through the use of social media and marketing, we tend to have a good um, pace of those um, just individual donations coming in all the time. That's amazing. And you had earlier stated that kind of your passion wasn't really at the job that you had at the moment. Did you ever notice that maybe you had other passions but you still kind of stuck with art? No. <laughs> um, I, I, from literally from day one, I remember being four or five years old and my parents asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up and I always wanted to be an artist. My dad wanted me to be an attorney, uh, probably for obvious reasons, so I didn't have to worry financially, but I just always wanted to be an artist. I never skewed away from that. The only reason why I worked in um, the advertising agency industry for 10 years, the only reason why I worked there was because, again, that's where, you know, I had a very well-paying job and that, you know, it's either I do that or I suddenly go to making zero dollars a year by starting my own nonprofit organization. But yeah, my passion never swayed. I would just say for those six years, first six years at in, in the advertising agency, my passion was, I felt fulfilled. So although I wasn't fulfilling my passion, I felt fulfilled, if that makes sense. But that's the closest I can get to ever feeling like I wasn't pursuing it. So I, I would consider myself blessed when it comes to that. What advice do you give for young women who aspire to start um, a successful nonprofit? Like, where would we start or what what should guide us to do that? Mm, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> probably the unpopular opinion, I would say don't, but let, let me let me follow up. I would say don't start your own nonprofit and become a program under an existing nonprofit. And that's the full, my full opinion on that. Uh, if you are, if there's any chance that you could do that, like, for example, if you want to feed the homeless, well, we already know there's thousands upon thousands of nonprofits that already do that. So what you could do is you could develop a program that is unique in the way it feeds the homeless. I don't know, for example, maybe you want to give them, you know, pre-made meals. And then what the reason why I stand so strongly behind this is because I started the organization to do to empower children through art. And all I wanted to do is for my entire day is do art with children. And what I wound up doing for my entire day now is I'm behind a computer managing the, the company. 
So that's why I say that. And um, if you were to become a program under an existing nonprofit organization, you have to do significantly, significantly less reporting. And, you know, they they will advertise for you. They will help you with funding even. But if you start your own nonprofit organization, it's, it's, it's a ton of work. You have to be willing to do it. When I first started in 2008, I read a statistic that said, 99% of nonprofits will fail before year five. Um, so really, really make sure that this is something you want to do because it's that much amount of work. So I don't, I don't want to discourage you girls or anyone else from starting something, but I would honestly say if you can start a program instead of an entire nonprofit organization, it will ensure that you actually will have the time and the financial resources to actually do what it is that you're passionate about instead of being behind the computer managing the organization. Does that make sense? Is that ter terribly discouraging? I'm sorry if it is. <laughs> I think it's like basically you're just saying start small and take your time before you even rush into anything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely understand that. Um, Jasmine Baber is the founder of Love Girls Magazine. That's actually kind of how she got started. She started under Royal Neighbors, and it mm. started with one grant and just having the community backing. And that's perfect advice about seeking communities and connections because that's exactly what Love Girls Magazine did and how we've had a successful 10 years. So thank you for that advice. Perfect, yeah. I'm also curious about how you connect with the youth. So how do you, like, get them to participate in your programs? We run our programs in existing homeless shelters. So we go to the homeless shelters. Uh, we actually partner with the homeless shelters to run our programs there weekly. So we go into their existing structure. Uh, we early on thought about, uh, having a facility and then bringing, you know, having the children come to us. But these children are don't have homes, let alone transportation. Um, and on top of that, we're typically working with children who just they have a bed for the first time in sometimes years. So we don't want to be the people that say to them, OK, I know you're finally comfortable and warm in this in this place and now we're going to take you out even though we're going to take them out to somewhere fun but um, these children are typically not um, very trusting of other people because of things that they have seen and we do work with younger children we work with ages five to ten so it's not teenagers that are you know that it's, so that's why we so we go to them and we create, um, like I said, an ongoing partnership that where we meet the children where they are for an hour a week and it's ongoing. So we don't we just commit to being there for them as long as they're at the homeless shelter. We're, we'll be there every Tuesday night, for example. That's really smart that you guys yourself go where help is needed. So I really appreciate you guys for that. And I also wanted to know what your hopes and dreams are for the future of Draw Change. I would love Draw Change to be wherever there is a need of a child that could benefit from having 
just an express moment in time where they're not thinking about where they're going to lay their head that night. They're not thinking about how they're going to, where their, their next meal is coming from, where they can just have an hour to just create, to be themselves, to not think about their problems. So if there's a need for that somewhere, that's where Draw Change wants to be. We thank you so much for your time um, telling your story about your nonprofit organization, Draw Change, and how you started this. This was so impactful and resourceful, and we're so glad that we were able to sit down and talk to you today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And congratulations to you three for being so amazing and doing these interviews and podcasts, and that's just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. If people want to know more about your program, how can they find you? Yeah, um, drawchange.org, or we're on Draw Change on all the all the social media outlets: Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Perfect. Twitter. We'll have to follow <laughs> you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Love Girls the Podcast. Be sure to check us out on all social media platforms and at lovegirlsmagazine.com, because every girl has a story, and our story matters. <laughs> <laughs>